Good morning. My name is Al Lopez, and this morning the scripture reading is from Psalms. Please follow along in your Bible or use the screens. I'll be reading from Psalms 8, verses 1 through 9 from the New Revised Standard Version. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark against your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look to your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, What are human beings that you are mindful of us? Mortals that you care for for them. Yet you make them like just a little lower than God and crown them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, also the beasts of the fields, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Julie Steele, and I am one of the pastors here. And I think we're on. I want to start off by letting you know, some of you have seen me in dark glasses and acting weird this morning, which might not be different for some of you, but uh, I've had a challenging week. Uh, As many of you know, I have been struggling with some dizziness and vertigo for years now, and I went... Wednesday and had more tests with a new doctor and after four hours of inducing the vertigo over and over again I left the hospital in a wheelchair and have just been able to start walking the last few days so if I look strange or like I have a hangover or something not that I would know what that feels like but some of you might um, I'm just trying to not move my head today okay so hopefully that will not be a distraction for us Uh, Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us here. We thank you, God, that you can speak through even your weakest vessels. And so I pray now that uh, you will prove your strength in my own weakness and that all of us will be able to hear directly from you today what you have for each of us about how majestic you are and the dignity that you bestow upon us as human beings. In your name we pray, amen. So the title of our sermon this week is God's Majesty and Man's Dignity. We are in Psalm 8, and um, I think that this image is so great because there's this vast picture of God's creation, and then you see this little person, and it just seems 
so minuscule and diminished compared to what God, the backdrop that we have from the Lord and his creation. Well, we are in the uh, nine verses of chapter eight, as Al read for us. And I wanted to show you that the beginning and the end, I'm sure you caught this, are the same. And there is an actual reason for this. As I was studying this passage to prepare, I was reading one of my books from seminary, The General Rules of Hermeneutics for Biblical Poetry, which is a sizzling summer read. (laughs) And I learned why we see this same line at the beginning and the end. You see, the author has a specific purpose for using this structure. It's called inclusio which is framing a poem by repeating the words or phrases from its opening lines at its conclusion. Now, this is important for two specific reasons. First of all, it signals that the psalm's main theme is the majesty of Yahweh on earth. And second, it suggests that one must understand all the remaining verses in between in light of that theme. Now, in other words, they illustrate or amplify it. The beginning and the end give us a lens in which to read and understand these verses regarding humanity. Now, humanity's elevation to greatness is simply an expression and an understanding of God's majesty. Now, I'm sure that you all have a certain place or or a a thing in in, uh, creation that you just, when you look at it, you just think, oh, this is God's majesty. This speaks to me of who God is. Well, here's a few images that I have for us to look at. This one, uh, Pastor Peter sent me, is of the Milky Way from Cannon Beach. That certainly speaks of God's majesty. This one is also of the Milky Way, but Chris Campbell took it, and he sent that to me. This, of course, is the Grand Canyon. I want to know how many of you have not been to the Grand Canyon. Oh, my gosh. After church today, you need to go. (laughs) The Grand Canyon is something that you cannot understand in a picture. As beautiful as this is, when I saw it years ago, I was speechless. It was such an image of the power and majesty of God. Now, my personal favorite is Mount Sai. I am fortunate enough to have a great view of Mount Sai, and I am convinced that God created Mount Sai just for me, He formed it and knew that this would be my signal of who he is. I leave the shades open to my window at night. We're on the second floor. And even at night, I love to look out my window and see the outline of that mountain. Because what that says to me is that if God could create that from nothing... How much greater is he able to handle anything in my life? It's my own, my own personal signal from God, and I love it. Well, for you, it might be the ocean or a hiking trail or the desert. It could be a specific animal that's beautiful to you or a piece of music. 
You see, God created everything, and nothing exists that has not been created by God. We see this in this verse in Colossians. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, even if someone has never heard the name of God or of God specifically, we are told that they know of God because of his creation. You see, Romans tells us here that ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. So they are without excuse. We are without excuse for understanding that there is a God who created all of this in an orderly fashion and holds it all together. Now, there's many ways to think about creation. And in this room, I'm sure we have different opinions on how God created this universe. Six days, 6,000 years, some things evolved over time. We really don't know. But the point is that we attribute any creation narrative to God, no matter how he chose to do it. Now, creation should always point us to the creator and not just the created. If we stop short at just admiring the creation, then we fall into the trap of worshiping it instead of God. You see, a dog was created by God. But a dog is not God. And the way some of you treat your dogs, I wonder if you understand that. <laughs> a tree is beautiful, and there are many kinds of trees with colors and textures, but a tree is not God. And a bird, as majestic as it can look, it's not God. And we are not God. God created all of those things to reflect who he is. When I admire Mount Sai, I automatically am reminded of God and what he has done. I do not worship the mountain. I simply worship the one who made the mountain. Now, I have a little example that many of you will relate to. How many of you have artwork from your children around the house? Pictures on the refrigerator, pieces of pottery, all kinds of things. Well, I have a lot of these things, too, from my sons that I've kept over the years. Lots of Christmas decorations, especially. Now, I have a lot more from my son, Ben, because his second-grade teacher had six art projects going on at once all year long. It drove me crazy. I would walk into Mrs. Singer's class at least once a week to come help her with something, and it would take her 10 minutes to find whatever it was I was supposed to be working on because she had piles of craft supplies everywhere. But the kids loved it. Well, we have many masterpieces now to show for that, and just one of them is this lovely pilgrim that I have kept. Look, notice his feet are both going the same direction from second grade, yes, Ben, and as much as I admire this stunning piece of artwork, I think about the one who created it, 
and that's why I keep it, and that's why I treasure it. So it's kind of like that. Well, now that I've embarrassed my son, not the first time and not the last time, a creation can never equal the attributes of its creator. And so the glory that we behold when we study a flight of birds and the movement of the stars is nothing compared to God's glory. The extent of God's glory is just simply unimaginable to us. And really, his creation is just a reflection of who he is. Now, we should esteem all that God has created. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. We need to be good stewards of this world. And that means the animals, the oceans, the forests, everything is to be valued and cared for because God created it, because it speaks of his majesty. Now David here says, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And when you move down to verse 3, when I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, that's so personal, the moon and the stars that you have established, what does David do? He asks a question. He says, who is man that you should care for him? What are human beings that you are mindful of them? You see, after David is taken in the creation of God, his mind jumps to the thought, why would the God of the universe care about people? A quote I heard was, wonder of wonders is the fact that the Lord God can hold the Milky Way in one hand and take infinite interest in me. That's a very heavy thought. I want to play a part of a song for you that kept coming to my mind as I was reading these verses. So I want you to just listen to these words. Oh 
I love that song, and I just love that we can ask that question of God, and he has an answer for us. Have you ever felt insignificant? I'm a middle child, and you know what that means. You're always fighting for some attention. You're not the smart, responsible, older one. You're not the cute little one. You're just kind of there. And I'm sure a lot of you have felt that way. Well, where do you get your significance or value or your dignity? Think about that. Is it in your job, the position that you hold? Is it in your appearance, how people see you? What about your income bracket? Do you get your value, your dignity, and your income bracket and the things that you have? Maybe it's the prestigious school you attended or are hoping to attend. Or maybe it's the group of friends you have. Maybe they give you your significance. You know, as moms, it's really tempting to get our significance from our children. And when our children fall short or when they leave the nest, we're left wondering, who am I? What is my significance now? Well, where our value should come from is this. Our value of ourselves comes from us being made in the image of God. Anything else is false. It's not lasting because it all depends on outside circumstances. We discover our true value and dignity only when we make God the reference point of our lives. Apart from knowing God, we have no understanding of who we really are and what role we're supposed to play in this universe. You see, you and I were made in the image of God, and nothing else in all creation can claim that. Only human beings We read here in Genesis, it says, Then God said, Let us, and when it says us, it means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all together from the beginning of time. Let us make uh, humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. You see, that is where we get our value. Think about, you've been made in the image of the God of the universe. Now, this may seem a little harsh because we all talk about self-esteem, but I have a different idea. We all want to feel good about ourselves, and we all want our children to have healthy self-esteem. How many times do we hear that all the time, right? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus even told us to love our neighbors as ourselves. That certainly implies that we are to love ourselves if he wants us to love our neighbors that way. But we love ourselves because... God created us. When we get our value or our dignity from our own skills, our own talents, our own accomplishments, we lose that as soon as those things go away. They're all false. I have a story about a boy named Andy who, 
every once in a while, this comes back to me. It was well over 20 years ago when um, my son was in school, and it was either fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember now. Like I said, it's been a long time ago. But this little boy, Andy, because I worked in the classroom several times a week, I got to know all the kids. And he was a very sweet young man. But that each year, I could tell, Andy got more disruptive, kind of acting out. You could tell there was this angst going on inside of him. And I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I did know he didn't have a very healthy support system in his family. Where we lived was a pretty low-income area, and so a lot of times there wasn't a lot of uh, parental involvement or things like that. So I watched this go on, and one day, at the end of the year, there's something called field day, that all the elementary schools, I think they still do it. And it was field day, and I was out there helping with the games and things, and Andy just was really being a pill. He was being very disruptive, and the teacher asked me to take him aside and kind of remove him and see what was going on. So I took him aside, and I said, Andy, what's going on with you? What are you feeling right now? And he just started crying, and he said, you know, I don't know how to, I don't, can't do anything very well. I can't do, and he just kind of went off on this tirade, and he said, and I wish I'd never been born. This was a nine-year-old boy, and I'm thinking, first of all, okay, this is way above my pay grade right now. I have no idea how to respond to this, because for Andy's self-esteem, I could not give him a Oh, no, Andy, you can do this. I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't give him a false answer. He would know it was hollow and untrue. Here's what I did say to him, and I kept thinking, Oh, Lord, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. But I said, You know what, Andy? I'm really sorry you feel this way, and maybe you don't know this. But God made you. He made you for a reason. And you don't know what that is right now, but I can tell you it's true. And I can tell you he loves you no matter what, and he will never leave you. And kind of calmed him down. I don't know what he took in. That's not my part. All I know is that the Holy Spirit was telling me, this little boy has dignity because he was created in the image of God. And that's what you can give him. And that's what will last. A quote that I've heard is, Man possesses dignity by virtue of his divine generation. Though blemished by sin, man can regain his self-esteem through the process of spiritual regeneration. You know, we oftentimes see people who are troubled, who do not have a healthy sense of who they are, and they act out in very destructive ways. We see it on the news all the time. If people knew they were created in the image of God, I believe we would have a whole lot less mental illness in this world. Now, what about our value of others? We have our value of ourselves, but what about the value that we place on others? Well, as image bearers of God, we unveil something about the character and nature of God just in bearing his image. The image of God tells us that all people, regardless of whether they are like us or not, 
whether we like them or not, are created with dignity by the mere fact that they are human beings. No matter theist or atheist, Christian or Hindu, Indian or European, black or white, caste or no caste, men or women, all human beings were created in the image of God. And when we value them and afford them the respect and dignity they deserve as human beings, then we as Christ followers are revealing to the world around us that we value what God values most. God values human life. Let's look again at these last verses here. Verse 5 says, You have made them a little lower than God. Now the Hebrew word for God here is Elohim. And some translations, possibly yours, uses the word angels instead of God. When scripture got translated from Hebrew to Greek, which is called the Septuagint, Elohim was translated to angels. So there is some controversy, big surprise there, on whether the word means God, gods, or angels. The verses used here are also used by the author of Hebrews, which we'll be studying come fall. Look at this. You see how they line up? But someone has testified somewhere, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, or mortals that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them. So verse 5 here says, um, talks about, again, the angels. And we're going to go down to the author of Hebrews and how he's quoting this. It says that the psalmist and the author of Hebrews is referring here to the first man, really, to Adam, before the fall. Adam is the very reflection of the majesty of the creator who had patterned Adam after himself, which means us too. He is his handiwork and the expression of his image. But then, I don't have it down here, but Zach's going to put up for me, Hebrews verse 9 that follows what we have here. And we get kind of a different view of the psalmist words. It says, But we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Now we see these words applied to the God-man Jesus. God appointed man to have dominion over all creation, but Humanity, because of sin, has failed to perfectly achieve this task. Ultimately, however, the epitome of manhood, the Lord Jesus, will demonstrate his supremacy over the entire creation. This appears to be why the writer of Hebrews here gives the 8th Psalm this messianic application. Now, I don't believe that the writer of Hebrews took the original reference from Psalms out of context and gave it meaning that it wasn't intended for. Rather, it was the Holy Spirit who inspired both these writers, David and the author of Hebrews, 
and saw a partial application to man and then an ultimate fulfillment in the Son of Man. The full realization of human beings' dignity can only be found in the person of Jesus. He gave up his majesty to become a human being and give his life for you and me. When you have a feeling of insignificance or being less than, remember to look at God's creation, the stars, the sun, the moon, the flowers, and remind yourself that the one who created all of that created you. So I have a few questions here for you. What is it in creation that gives you that sense of God's majesty? Think about that. And if you have something specific, shoot me an email. I would love to see everybody's pieces of creation that just connect them to God. And where do you find your dignity or your worth? Is it in things? Is it in your station in life? Or if all of that was stripped away, would it be in being made in God's image? And is there someone that you have not been bestowing their rightful dignity as a human being made in God's image that you need to have a shift in your mindset about? How are you doing as an image bearer of the God who gave up his majesty, suffered in dignity and death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your creation. We thank you that words that were written thousands of years ago by King David are applicable to us today, are personal. Lord God, we just thank you that we have been made in your image, and I pray that each of us today would see how you want us to live more into that image-bearer person that we are. God, may nothing we do ever confuse another person about who you are. Thank you, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen.